0: A brand new life to a brand new day all the way from the wastelands of california my name is michael master of ceremonies i look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation first time listeners turn on tune in and drop out this is a different kind of show a place where we don't feel so alone let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe i do admire you for your curiosity live and direct right now on the TuneIn in radio app search end of days and you'll find the 24 7 network catch the podcast rendition on itunes stitcher and soundcloud along with google play and of course youtube my guest tonight is michael horn michael is no stranger to controversy michael horn is the authorized american media representative for billy meyer A reclusive man living in a rugged rural area in Switzerland who claims that his still ongoing UFO contacts with the Pleoran extraterrestrial human beings began in 1942 when he was only five years old. Michael is the producer, director of the new Billy Meyer documentary The Spiritual Teaching in Everyday Life. He is also the writer, producer, director of the award-winning new film and did they listen he has been here on the program before it's always fun to bring him on i look forward to this one folks once again thank you ladies and gentlemen for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds here we are again on a night like this welcome back to another dose of the michael deacon program tonight is going to be a bit of a rattlesnake always an honor and pleasure to be here lots to discuss here tonight. Glad everyone's here. Oh, yes. Episode 34. Here we are. Let's see what's going on with my first guest here. And hey. Michael, how are you?
1: Well, fine, Michael. Thank you for having me on again. How are you?
0: Well, I can't complain. I'm doing fantastic. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So what's new with you, Michael? Well,
1: it's kind of like pick a category. Uh you know, if, if you'd like, because uh, I, I try to answer that somewhat intelligently. Uh, some things that are new may not be interesting and some things that are interesting may not be new and some things I may have simply forgotten about. But, uh, overall, I would say it's, uh, it would focus on the fact that, uh, more and more all of the things that Meyer, uh, as either the originator or, you know, forwarder of information has, uh, p- publicized as Prophetic information has basically been unfolding to our detriment, not, not their fault, uh, but that's what I see going on, you know, just really all over the place. And uh, I'm always just really surprised at how, how many people really want to ignore or attack or suppress it and can't seem to, you know, deal with the fact that this is something that was given for us uh, to help us avoid many things i look at the prophecies in this case as the script that humanity has been writing for itself ourselves and that if we don't want that outcome we're going to have to really uh you know change the script in time and you know so that's what i'm kind of looking at and a bit lamenting to be truthful Mm -hmm.
0: understood now, what is it about the Billy Meyer case that has captivated the imagination of those around the world? It seems like there's 50% of people who just love Billy Meyer, and then there's the other 50% who just despise everything Billy Meyer, and that's sort of what I get around here myself, so I know how that feels.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> my my assessment is that those who quote-unquote despise Billy Meyer basically know nothing about the man, know just about nothing about the material, the case, the evidence, the information, but they're triggered for whole other reasons. And we can, you know, speculate as to what those reasons are. I think that they are uh, (laughs) symptomatic of a number of things that are wrong in our world, and a lot of which is wrong with our country and the way people think or don't truly think, the, the way they are reactive and the way they are hostile without, without any real, what's, you know, is that any justification for it? This is a man who has done nothing to harm anybody.
0: Yeah. And the reason why I'm sorry to cut you off there, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I've noticed there's, there seems to be some sort of strange pattern that time the Michael or the Michael, the, the Billy Meyer cases discussed, it seems like it just brings nonstop controversy. It's, it's quite remarkable.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um, controversy per se wouldn't be a bad thing. And really genuine inquiry, challenge, and questions that are coming from a place and coming from people who want to be able to determine the truth rather than try to play a game of gotcha, rather than simply attack And we are a very, in terms of America, this is a very attack-oriented country. It goes back deeply into our history. And we have inherited, we've perpetuated this mentality. And a lot of people who think that they're, you know, forward-thinking and rebellious and what have you, first thing they do is they come to attack. I, I can say it doesn't bother me in the sense that, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm being attacked. I don't care. That's, sure. I don't take it personally that this is indicative of the crippled level of thinking and emotional development that does not, mm, does not seem to indicate that we're going to be a country truly that's going to be as a country, as a united states of America, that's just, we're not going to be around that much longer. It's going to break up as Meyer foretold in 1981 maybe 7 We're going to have civil wars and people will be even more at each other's throats and even more vicious, if we can imagine that. And uh, it's unfortunate because there's no reason for it. What on earth is the reason for this insanity? Now, you and I know we we visit a particular blog. I, I, I journey around a lot of places in my life daily, especially when I'm publishing my own blog and I drop into a forum that you and I know about. And my gosh, the people are not everybody. I, I, I'm seeing indications of some nice folks who probably just happened over there to see what was happening. But the virulence of the more unhealthy people who have chosen to await.
0: Yes. Well, that that's the power of the internet.
1: Yeah, for better or for
0: Exactly, worse. yes. Uh, but by the way, Michael, where exactly do you stand with MUFON today?
1: Well, uh, MUFON is a disinformation entity. Its purpose is not to find what it claims it's looking for any more than that's the actual purpose of SETI, any more than that's the actual purpose of the so-called Disclosure Project, mainly as it's uh, represented by Stephen Greer. There are people in these different areas that would really like to know the truth about extraterrestrial life, about UFOs, et cetera, but the organizations themselves are headed by and top-heavy with disinformation. Um, there is somebody I know who worked, he retired recently from a major aerospace company, called Orbital, where they launch rockets into space. He's one of the people that's kind of on my research team, along with the NASA aerospace engineer, recently retired from NASA as well. These people know the Meyer case is singularly authentic. Uh, the guy that retired from Orbital knows somebody, top secret clearance, worked in the defense industry a long time, who had been uh, attempted to be recruited by a, uh, a regional director for MUFON. Who revealed to him that, well, our better stuff, we, we have to send it, we send it to the State Department and CIA for vetting. They don't tell their members that. They have their members chase their tails while they chase lights in the sky, the majority of which is simply secret military craft. Now there's maybe some extraterrestrial craft that are seen, but for the most part, and certainly in America, it's mainly secret military craft in Canada too and other places, these are people that do more harm to the truth than even the government. Organizations like MUFON, I say, are also they bear responsibility for terrorism, for ISIS, because they are the ones who block and suppress the Meyer case. I have a short video up that was done a couple months back. I was in L.A., uh, doing a couple of presentations and happened into the tail end of a presentation by Jan Hartson, the director for MUFON. He's a nice, affable guy. He's interested in all this stuff, and he sure. knows the Meyer case is authentic. But he hemmed and hawed. The videos that people can watch, it's linked from my website. Tap dancing. Well, we uh, we have five hundred thousand cases we have to investigate. and The Meyer case is controversial. I mean, it was the most nonsensical tap dance ever, and I I posted it up, there. but I'll look into it. Well, he hasn't looked into it. He's not going to look into it. They are institutionalized liars. It is just that simple. And the, the reason I just shoot it out there is because this is so damaging to our lives on Earth when people ascend to some level of seeming authority about a subject about which they know actually absolutely nothing about the truth and when they know the truth they suppress it they do great harm and they have all their little people running around and the regional directors and their little move kits so people can feel important because if they dared to say the billy meyer case passes muster it's real every the room empties there's no reason to be chasing your lights in the sky and making fools out of yourself submitting this stuff to an organization that is an arm of the intelligence community i I can't make it any clearer than that and have i you know screwed around trying to get them to be accountable yeah do Mm -hmm. i know that they won't be yes i know it and it's lamentable and it's now part of the historical record these people are in their own way responsible for what is coming to this country to the demise and, and to any of the manifestations of things like that, just terrible. And even nice old Jan Hartson, I have talked to him over a period of something like three years or more to get him to even put the Meyer, they stuck it up on some obscure corner on Mufan mm. with all the other, you know, so he didn't have to deal with it. And it's too bad, but Seti, they are the mainstream version of that. I put out a blog just recently. There is an astronomer named Professor Jason Wright interested in finding signatures of extraterrestrial civilizations and, you know, all the, uh, uh, you know, kind of a childish left brain kind of, and I'm an expert presentation. So I send them information. They won't respond. None of the astronomy and physics department, where he teaches at Pennsylvania, uh I think it's Penn State, none of them would respond. I send it to all of them. I send it to science. They don't. It's like, oh, my gosh, I I could really be in trouble if I even write this guy back.
0: Did you send your material to Stuart Robbins?
1: Oh, years ago. He tried to say the Meyer case was a hoax and stated a number of reasons why. (laughs) Everything he said has been debunked since he published it. He's he's a guy that should stick to baking cookies and making candy, whatever his hobbies are. He is. These people are not scientists. They may have gotten their degrees in science, and as long as they, pardon me, dick around in convenient and safe areas and posture, oh, it's going to be terrific. They're not scientists. Scientists says, wait a minute, I will look at that. Even if it's a skeptic who will say, I'll look at that, and I'm going to show you why it's full of whatever. Well, go ahead, you know, but at least have the courage, the intellectual honesty. But they are so, so darn afraid of losing their funding because all the universities are controlled by corporations, and they have got to, uh, you know, toe the line. They don't have; they're, they're cowards and wimps who went to debt, you <laughs> know, for student yeah. loans to get their degrees, to attain some status, to get into a university, to teach, and to try and gain celebrity status and make money off of something.
0: I'm glad <laughs> you. I'm glad you mentioned that, by the way, because okay. that's where we're headed towards right now. So, Michael, you're telling me that you're not going to watch Steven Greer's newest film.
1: (laughs) I doubt it. I certainly wouldn't pay to watch it because Stephen Greer puts up hashed over, you know, dead end things pertaining to Roswell and all the witnesses who've seen things in the sky. And that's supposed to equate to therefore it's extraterrestrial. That's the most unscientific thing you can imagine. And I'll tell you how I hold that standard. Pardon me, I just, I, you know, I hear Stephen Greer, the huckster of all hucksters. Here's the thing. People have said, well, you know, Billy Meyer's metal samples, this guy disagreed in that, and why doesn't he have, you know, does he have more samples? I said, yeah, he still has more samples. Well, why doesn't, why aren't they tested? He shouldn't. I said, because since people are so stupid, they don't understand. And what would happen? I'm going to tell you what would happen if Billy releases more metal samples and some nice scientists examine them, and they come to the same conclusions, gee, this really is pretty, I can't make it, wasn't made here with technology that I have access to. So then the logical question, and I support that question, is, therefore, Professor so-and-so, are you going to go on the record and say that this is of extraterrestrial manufacture? And any credible scientist is going to say, no, I can't say that. But you can't make it, sir? No, I cannot. You don't have the technology? No, I don't. Well, is it therefore extraterrestrial? No. You see, that's being honest. It may be skeptical at the same time, but the the underlying reality is it wasn't made here. It was manufactured by people who have the technology to do it, but no scientist is going to be able to produce the extraterrestrials. They're not going to want to know. They're not going to want to look at Meyer's evidence, his photos, his films, his, his sound recordings, which all this stuff is irreproducible today still. Even with computer, you can you know, there's a guy in England who makes great models and photos. He can create the effect. He can't create the details. Can't, his photos will not pass any tests showing that they, you know, are large objects at a distance from a camera that going back over 30 years, Meyer's stuff passes muster on all that. So people, you know, they go on forums. They want to exalt their ignorance. They have issues with their fathers. Who knows what it is? And I mean that quite literally. with Some of these people, like this poor guy on, uh, you know, Belgap, who constantly comes out with virulent attacks. And I was on a show for I think her name is Rose, lovely woman. And audio didn't come out but he comes on to attack. This is a guy. He just sounds like one of those poor English guys that got kicked around like a football by his father oh, because no. it's abuse. You know, it's just abuse. I'm going to project it at you because it was done to me. Abuse. Well, gosh, people. Get You know, deal with your issues, if that's right. Maybe he's just nasty on his own. I don't know. But generally, people like that, I just kind of feel, gee, I feel bad for this guy. Something happened to him.
0: That's usually the case. There's usually a lot more going on than we see on the surface with these um, various folks in um, different message boards. or Yes. Um, and I, I guess even in conferences, too, I guess you, you'll encounter people like that, too.
1: I encounter at the conferences if you if you presented a UFO event you you are mainly in the company of people who are psychotic. I'm not kidding you. There's a guy. I may put up this clip. I was at this same event in. Well, I won't you know,
0: disagree with you on that. I, I witnessed some of that activity myself in L.A.
1: Okay, you, you know, and that's a hotbed for for kookiness. <laughs> so I agree. It, it hurts. I'm at this event, and this guy sitting next to me stands up and he talks. He says something like this. I mean, really, I have a film clip of it if I ever really want to just, you know, vent that thing. Um, the elite now are are now. Re- how did he put it? Oh yeah, the reptilians and dracos have been reduced to one percent of their power, so they're no longer controlling the elite in the same way they did before. I take the Draco and reptilians and I process them through the central sun. I'm not kidding you. This is the kind. And I, I finally said, could we stop the BS here? What, no wonder everybody thinks the UFO, you know, community is full of idiots and nonsense. Who? What is this? This utter gibberish that people are are involved with
0: i just have a hard time trusting most of these folks at different conferences um stephen bassett another gentleman who i, I believe there was a gofundme account where he was asking for about fifty thousand dollars to put towards his ufo disclosure campaign um i'm very wary of folks like that
1: he's a amazing he this guy is a major league phony and i i i will only talk about my personal experience with people when i use those kind of terms Over a period of several years, I ended up spending, I counted its six hours talking to him, trying to encourage him, ask him, whatever you want to call it, to allow me to present the Meyer case. He has something called the X Conference in Washington, D.C., and then there are all these press conferences at the National Press Club. and, And Steve Mays said, well, no, no, I know it's authentic, but it's not time for it yet. I said, what? Yeah, we have to send faxes to Washington. And honestly, I, I gosh, I, I think I'm in an insane asylum. I'm standing with a man in front of me who claims to be all about finding the truth. Sure. He is no more interested in having the truth because his game is over. The, the, the exopolitics thing and Stephen Bassett is another bastion of hucksters. Delusional escapists and frauds who suppress, I offered it to him publicly about six years ago in LA. I went to an event he was talking at. I said, Stephen, I will give you everything in the Meyer case. I would ask you to simply distribute it throughout your whole exopolitics network and encourage people to check it out. It took him two weeks to figure out how to say he wouldn't do that. So this is the, this country breeds nutcases. And you, you're talking about some major league nutcases. People attack Meyer. You've got Stephen Greer and Stephen Bassett and Exopolitics and Mufa, and people are attacking the only man with actual evidence who friggin' prophecy warning about what's coming to America, what's coming to Europe is unfolding in front of our eyes. It's, people now are using the term civil war for America that Meyer 36 years ago publishes. And and people attack this man, so we're suicidally stupid. And people who inhabit the UFO forums for no other reason to troll and attack are very sad, sad people. And I'm sorry, they're sad. Nothing I can do about it. What are are they going to do? What do they want to do? Call names for the rest of their lives instead of evolve themselves? This is not about UFOs and extraterrestrials. It's about us and our future survival and we're going to catch on to that too late unfortunately at least the majority of people there are people that get it like you said there's you know this portion of the world and that portion of the world most of the world doesn't even know about the meyer case it's suppressed in the media it's suppressed by secret government military the vatican all that stuff the vatican knows it's real russia reads it so You know, those kind of things. But here, we are the country of people that know everything and we gotta go bomb everybody. So what are you gonna do with that mentality? Because it's coming back to us. That's what this case is about as far as Americans should be concerned. What's coming to this country.
0: Oh yes. Now Michael, before we continue, so much to copy here, but let's stroll down memory lane for a minute here. Let's go into your background just for a, a second here. For those New listeners out there. I know there's some new blood out there. There has to be. So Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself here.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say I was never convicted on any of those bank jobs. It wasn't me. It was an imposter. (laughs) Moving (laughs) along. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Well, my, my background uh, for when I look back, I try to figure out how I got here from where, you know, I was headed and what were the main focal points of my life. Yeah. You know, I'm singer songwriters starting in my teens. A painter, an artist, an award-winning painter, prize-winning songwriter, invented the still existing. I always laugh when I say this because it's so funny to look at a fingernail art. I'm the creator of that, one of the first creators of ebooks, literally by that name in 1995. Um, I, wow. one thing I, I created that I didn't get out there in time was the inflatable travel collar. I still have it in my book of inventions from 1976, but now it's all, all over every airport in the world. So I've had, a, you know, a bunch of funny stuff where mm. things succeeded and, and things, uh, you know, I didn't get them out there and somebody else did. Uh, I pioneered water purification applications. Uh, I was a self-taught salesman. I helped build two water purifying companies into multi-million-dollar companies. I got... One uh, company I got them the Starbucks account to put in water treatment uh, internationally, about 7,000 units all over the world. And so, I, I, but I did all this stuff because I had no usable skills, being really just somebody who grew up writing songs and painting paintings. And then I had to kind of get a real crash course in reality when I was probably about 30, 32 is when I really started to have to work and. I did every, you know, I worked in, I was a busboy, dishwasher, cook, uh, janitor. I worked in car washes, worked for printers, and,
0: you know, everything. You did it and, all. I, you, pardon me. I said you did it all.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, I had to in order to rapidly mature and survive. And uh, in 1979, I found the Meyer case. I'd always been interested in these things. I was a when I lived in New York City in the sixties, I wrote a song with a buddy called Captain Tim. It was about growing up in front of the TV during the, and radio during the forties and fifties, space heroes. And I got some people who put up some money. I said, I want to produce a record. I'd never done that. I produced the record and A&M heard it on the radio because some FM station picked it up and I had a record out briefly on A&M. So, you know, i, nice. I I'm all over the place. Yeah. With stuff. But the, once I found the Meyer case, and I started to look into it, and as material became available, I realized that it was the most important thing in human history, and I could still, you know, enjoy myself. I could write songs if I wanted to and all, and do things, you know, whatever else came came my way, but that I had to find a way to direct the majority of my energy and uh, the thoughts and abilities that I had developed over 30, you know, 30, 40 years there since I had to Grow up into, uh, you know, working to bring this to people's awareness. And it, it's just become that passion for me because I, I happen to know Meyer. I think I've been to Switzerland 18 times, 17 or 18 times, something like that. And, uh, this is an honorable, decent, very, just a very good human being who doesn't deserve the attacks. Of course, the parasites who couldn't even aspire to you know, to anything he's accomplished right. in his life, mm-hmm. I want to come at him, but um he doesn't. He could care less. He knows what he's here to do, and he does it. And I, you know, met his family members and the people that work with him. I've tried to trick him four separate times. You before. try to trick him? Of course. Oh my! I have to because I have to. I have to, re, re, and I, I do. I re, re, retain my own right. To have my own critical thinking, to, uh, I, I, I often say according to the information in the case when I don't know through my own work, through the, through the availability that something in the case is true. And that usually applies to things from the far distant past or the as yet unarrived future. So if people say to me, Do you believe the market he said, no, I don't believe it. I know it's true. I don't know if everything in it is true, but it's authentic. The evidence is authentic. The man, you know, is has never told a lie about any of this in his life, and his evidence has been corroborated. The contexts are still ongoing. There's 125 plus other eyewitnesses beside him and five other photographers. I'm one of the other I'm one of the 125 plus eyewitnesses. You know you what what's wrong with people when you bring them truth that they will do everything in their power to fight against it. But if you get you go to politics and oh they're passionate about Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or whatever, yet they know pitifully little about <laughs> Any of that. Right. And these people that You're are all true. managed and polished, and they all lie.
0: By the way, I noticed there's lots of fake outrage going on, too. I'm sure you noticed it. You see um, social media, and there's people out there who are posing to be outraged and angry about this or that, but in reality, they're not pissed off at all. They're just jumping
1: on the bandwagon. You mean on the, regarding the Meyer case or politics or what?
0: In both, actually. It's pretty hysterical. I see... I see the same mentality in both fields.
1: Yeah. Well that because you see, most human beings, let's just even just say this country, but most human beings in the world, one way or another, have been taught to think politically and religiously. Religion and politics has it too, but it's, it's based on beliefs that remain beliefs because there's, there's no evidence. There's no proof. Every religion rests on this premise alone. And that is, what's in this book is true because this book says it's true that's it you can't bring that into a court of law you can't bring that into a kindergarten but you know a few billion people are are willing to kill each other over beliefs that have no substance then you move on to politics people say politics is the art of the possible no politics is the art of advantage You're always seeking advantage over another and strategizing how to give away as little as possible in order to get as much as possible. That's politics. And that's why it will never solve the problems it creates. Like, as, like religion, these are two sister, you know, they're, they're wedded brother and sister, whatever way you want to look at it. They're siblings and they are the pollution of consciousness that absolutely brings ruin to this world and we are going to pay an e- ever-heavier price for not ridding ourselves of politics and religion and turning towards the truth, strange as that may sound.
0: Well, I acquiesce. I'm not going to argue about that at all. However, I am curious, though, Michael, how exactly did you meet Mr. Billy Meyer? Do you remember that?
1: Sure, I do. Um Michael, what happened was I had... In about 1999, right around there, I joined a study group in Los Angeles. There were, I found some other people that weren't interested in the Meyer case and some of them belonged to a publishing company that I ended up then also a couple of years later representing one of Billy's books that they published or two of them or whatever. So, Around 2000, they said, Hey, why don't you go to Switzerland and meet Billy? I said, Well, how do I do that? And they explained. So I said, Okay, I'm on my way. So in 2000, I went for the first time and, um, there was a guy that I knew only online, a Texan, this guy Mark, mm. another musician, real good songwriter. Nice. Yeah. And, and, um, we, we flew, he was from Texas. I was living in LA. We flew into New York City and took the same plane out into Switzerland. Got the car, drove, dropped the stuff off at the, you know, little bed and breakfast, marched ourselves down to the center there, you know, where Billy lives and where they do their work. And as we walk up, it was so funny. We walk up coming towards the door and Billy kind of explodes out of the door on his way somewhere. And Mark, the gregarious Texan, says to him, Billy, on behalf of all humanity, I just want to And <laughs> Billy just looks You're pretty at good. Him, yeah. Takes his hand and says, Mark, don't mention it. It's my duty. And then he walks off to do what he was saying. I thought, okay, that really rang a bell for me, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. I had been – all right. I had uh, – when I was in my first marriage in New York City, and I was doing this fingernail art and writing songs and all that stuff, I had a cousin come from Chicago who stayed with me for a while, and he taught me how to do the I Ching. You're probably familiar with yes. Chinese. So the coins and the whole thing. He was, he's a brilliant astrologer of all things. And so he taught me how to do the I Ching. Well, what happened was I ended up because I was so fascinated with, I was reading all the stuff in there and a couple things happened. One, I got very, very, linked into the ethic of doing one's duty as being the highest good to be without blame. It's the highest good to do. the superior man fulfills his duty, you know, whatever may come. And I thought that was very noble and very inspiring. A few years later, I would find myself divorced, homeless in New York City, sitting on my guitar case in the rain, across the street from that very apartment I had lived in, which was now a boarded up brownstone. And it began, a, I don't know, six, eight months adventure for me of being homeless in New York City, sleeping in restaurants and coffee shops and, you know, all night places and then college dorms. Some Some guys kind of adopted me as a musician mascot. And, and you know, just having, and I was I considered myself pretty much close to certifiably crazy because this was such a breakdown in my reality. But I knew the difference. I knew, hey, this is an adventure. I'm going to get out of this. But a lot of the people that I see here today on the streets and, you know, in Greenwich Village and the clubs that I'm singing in for my dinner and all that, these people are going to be here for a very long time. They just don't have that spark of hope and all. Well, it was an adventure. But I had memorized. Here's the whole Other shoe on the I Ching. I had ended up memorizing the I Ching. So even though I thrown, I literally at one point had thrown the book away because I felt I was too dependent on it. So here I I am. Yeah. And I'm living in New York City Uh and I don't know, you know, I'm wandering around. So. I'm sitting around talking to myself with the I Ching, with the coins, because I I got to a point where I knew what the hexagrams would be. There's something like 3,200 possible combinations. And I was there be times I know what's coming next. (laughs) This line's going to change here and there. So, you know, it it was really kind of OCD kind of stuff, really like obsessive compulsive, but I needed a somebody to talk to. So I, I was talking to myself, of course. But I kept on having the reference point for this conduct, for the right way to live, so that whatever circumstances you're in, you do the right thing. You're homeless, kind of. You're on the streets, you you know, having strange experiences and adventures, but maintain your ethic and your character. So by the time 2000 comes around, 30 years later, I had a whole other life. And so Billy Meyer comes out and says, don't mention it's my duty. I thought, wow, that guy's really kind of neat. He's on it. So that's, you know, meeting him for the first time. And he's just, he's such a normal person.
0: By the way, Michael, I need to stop you for one minute there, or one second there, and just say, you you kind of creep me out right now. You you bring up the I Ching, and I was just thinking about a martial arts instructor I had when I was about seven who used to talk about this sort of thing. And, of course, back then I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Really? Yeah, so I was just randomly thinking about that today, and then now you're talking about it.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Really strange.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to agree with you on that. You know, I mean, I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody about that e thing for a long, long time. Oh,
0: I know. It's not something I talk about either, but it's kind of remarkable that you brought it up.
1: Well, there it is. You know, it's like, it's of all the, you know, philosophies, so to speak. Is got, you know, it's got stuff that's a bit superstitious and all the rest. If you look into some of the stuff in there, but you know, Taoism has some really good elements. Confucianism yes, is I agree. Has good elements. Right. And you, you can't, if you have to go, give me a reference point, you know, look, the Meyer case, the spiritual teaching is infinitely better in, in ways. and I'm not trying to belittle anything, but when you get the language, in which the spiritual teaching and the logic and everything in which it's written, it's like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm looking for. But I still like the I Ching. I like its, you know, metaphors and symbolism and all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I had no idea that you'd have known that, you know? Oh yes. Oh yes. It's a, it's an interesting thing. You know, the whole thing of, you know, yin and yang and how th- things mm-hmm. change into each other. It's cause and effect. And so it echoes a lot of, you know, principles of, of life in there that are, are valid.
0: Oh yes. And it also reflects on what's going on today in society, as you know. Yep. Agreed. So Michael, let, let's move on quickly here. Well, not too quickly here, but Michael, You had sent me an article about Billy Meyer making several apocalyptic prophecies. I thought we could go over some of those now, since, as you notice, tensions are building with multiple countries out there. The end of days don't seem so far away, in my opinion.
1: Mm, Yeah, Um, I think we've got a little while to go before we really, you know, before things pass into uh, a period of time that's going to go on for a couple hundred years but we're on the brink of it one way or the other.
0: Right, Billy Meyer also went on to say that America will be wrecked.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think we can see that. Now.
0: That's troubling, yeah.
1: Um, you know, um, no matter what people think of let's say the current president and Meyer, you know, I I have a video up where I asked him a year ago about the election and uh, he said well you know if, if Hillary Clinton wins it's like George Bush all over again the devil is loose and if Trump wins, it's just this dumb. But in their assessment, they, they did give more information about Trump, and they did it prior to the election because Meyer was told, I think the date was June 30th, that Trump is going to win the election. Do not publish a thing about it or they will kill him. People in the, the – the, some of the Democrats, the Secret Service people, whatever – because they are expecting Hillary Clinton to be the, of course, you know, anointed one. And they describe things. They said, look, Donald Trump is not a bad person. He has some wrong views about things like the environment and health care. They, they said, it. but he actually wants what's best for his country. He wants to, you know, do do right for his country. But his, the danger, as usual, is that those around him and the covert parties will do everything they can to subvert and to direct him elsewhere, uh, he wants to move forward with Putin for peace, but the people who are in the Democrat party, the people who are in certain levels of the military industrial want war with Russia. And that is in the prophecies that there will be a war with, if, not a prediction, but a pro, the prophecies. If that happens, our country is completely destroyed. Completely. America will be a country of, of Total destruction. It's in the Hanukkah prophecies from 10,000 years ago. We should be doing everything we can to avoid that. And, you know, we used to have a sort of left, democrat, liberal bias towards Russia, trying to be peaceful with them and all. Now we have the warmongers on the left and the people on the right who, accurately perceive that we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't provoke Russia. There's no reason for it other than the power hunger of the CIA and the deep state and all of that. And you don't have to be a Democrat or Republican, liberal, or anything else. If people would just look at things and be reasonable, they would want to support reasonableness with russia who, which had absolutely nothing to do with our election so this is there's so much phoniness going on because it's politics and power hunger and you've got lunatics on the right and you've got lunatics on the left so um because we're polarized through politics and a lot of that is polarized through religion we are dangerously close to the point of no return for this country and they have said that unless certain things change in this country they told meyer this in 1975 even that after 2020 the usa superpower ceases to exist now that is usa stands for united states of america right now, it doesn't mean that you know 2020 or 2021 we've been nuked into non-existence it probably it means more than likely what meyer foretold in 81 and 87 that we will have those civil wars that break up the United States of America. So, uh, this is, we can see it underway now. Uh, the, the polarization is just promoted and promoted and promoted. So yeah, the prophecies in the case are startling. In, in as far back as 1958, Meyer specifically foretold the worldwide spread of irrepressible Islamist terrorism. All None of those words were gratuitous. He m- meant every word. He foretold in 81 the coming fall of France. Paris is going to be destroyed from within. And he specifically said it would be the inhabitants of a different religion, namely Islam, living in France, who would precipitate the collapse, and then there will be an outside invasion of in France. So they just elected this weakling psychopath uh, who will now – Further, the demise and destruction of France, uh, they, as far back as 1948, Meyer was told about the coming refugee, asylum seeker, terrorism problem, and that there would be a woman who would come to power who would open the doors to the destruction of Europe, and that the leaders in Europe would be too stupid, naive, and weak to really, you know, oppose her strongly, and that most of Europe then is going to fall to radical Islam can we not see it right now? And we've had this up on our website for a long time, his warnings from 87 and and earlier. So this is why when you go on a blog like the bell gap block and weeding through to find a few rational people, the rest of these people that are just representative as well of the dopes of the world who don't know where they're living and what's going on. And they, they figure, well, someone threw a piece of meat into the arena. I better attack it. You know, that's what that's what I live for. This is real life. And if only enough people actually valued life, their own lives, let alone the lives of others, we would not be in this hole. There are things coming environmentally here, and people say, "Well, who's you tell us the next thing?" Well, in 48, 1948, Meyer was warned about. The earthquakes and volcanic eruption, which has started in central Italy, but there's more to come. Not only that activity, there's going to be the opening of calderas, big, you know, seas of fire in central Italy and in northern Europe. Parts of Italy will be going into the sea when these ruptures take place. And then the third place where the caldera opens is in the United States of America. And that may be what they were referring to when they said the greatest catastrophe ever to befall the North American continent. That could be when Yellowstone blows. Are there dates given? No. Or do we want to sit around like deer in the headlights just watching things? You know, it's like some things you can't do anything about, like a so-called natural disaster. And all those things are precipitated by the the damage we've done to the environment to imbalance Not only the atmosphere, but the tectonic plates of the planet. This is what the Meyer material has been trying to bring us for 65 years. But, of course, everybody's too smart, and they know better, and they want to chase lights in the sky. And the clown huckster Stephen Greer was unacknowledged. The truth about aliens that are contacting us, if you'll pay us 750 bucks and bring your flashlight out to the desert, can you imagine how stupid people are that fall for that stuff?
0: Yeah, you see, that's the issue I have. That right there. Yeah. That sort of activity.
1: Man, I'm with you. It's I just
0: don't see how how that doesn't raise any red flags for anyone else.
1: It does only for people that will stop to think and and they get a grip on the fact. Wait a minute, I'm alive. I'm living on this planet here, and you know, and being told this, but maybe I should really investigate a little bit instead of buying into stuff. And why does everybody attack this one man who's taken the clearest photos ever before there were computers and Photoshop? And well, he's got to be hoaxing. But all the rest of the people that have no evidence, they've got to be telling the truth. I mean, this is, you live in the land of, of insanity.
0: Yes. And Michael, I, I must also mention this to you. I give you lots of credit. You obviously know you're going to go into the lion's den. And you clearly jump in there multiple times. And, of course, I'm referring to certain shows over the past six, seven years now where you clearly know the hosts are going to try to attack you.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't matter because, see, heres I mean this literally. Almost anybody can do this. That is, anybody who actually looks at the information, studies it enough, tests it out, challenges it, and comes to your own conclusions, could do what I'm doing, just that people are lazy. You know, it's like, it's simple. When you've got something that is real and clear and true, there's no, it's not a big deal. It may be that the subject matter itself is truly a big deal, but it's not hard to come forward and say, well, here it is. And all these people that you talk about, yeah, believe me, I I know I've run into, you know, some rotating blades, but, you know, it's kinda like I can pass my hand in and out of them because nothing sticks and nothing cuts. You can't harm the truth. You can make a lot of noise and you can attack people and all that, but if something's true, it's true and it's not because I said it. It's simply here it is, go ahead and check it out yourselves. And when people do I get emails I mean literally every week and from around the world. I believe it. Yeah. They've discovered I used to get mainly Skeptical attacks. Hardly any now because they don't bother. I think, I mean, maybe some, the lights have gone on somewhere. What I get now are people going, gee, wow, I found Billy Meyer and I wish, why didn't I know about this before? Why doesn't everybody know about it? Why don't they talk about it? Well, there's some people I, I won't mention now that who are gaining some prominence in the UFO field that I've discussed things with and they'd heard the same thing. And then they also said, but you know, I had a sneaking feeling this was real and now They've said to me, this is the real deal. I said, yeah, the real deal. So I have scientists, aerospace engineers, people in all walks of life. When I say I have, meaning I'm associated with, they contact me. I know some personally and all. They know it's real, and they feel the same frustration because as intelligent people, and oftentimes people with their own families, they are concerned that this stuff is suppressed from the top down and it's suicidal. We literally are on the verge of self-destruction that could be changed if this thing popped up and a few million people simply went to their keyboards and said, who's Billy Meyer? I'm gonna look at the pro and the con. They start to think for themselves and that shifts us from a dead-end, self-destructive point of no return to the point of course correction and possibility. That's the danger and damage of this stupid UFO community, the MUFANs and the SETIs and all the rest of these posturing, profiteering clowns.
0: Yes, and you've been taking lots of heat from these people and others in the UFO field, and I just noticed that. It's such a strange rivalry, very petty. Isn't um, it silly? It really is, because we should all be very friendly towards each other. However, that's not the case. You are right. As you right. and I both know, Michael, as I've talked to you, Personally, so you know exactly what I'm referring to.
1: Yeah, well, you can say anything you want, and I'll acknowledge anything publicly. No,
0: it's fine. I don't want to give any of these these <laughs> okay. cardiomyopathy victims any credit. So <laughs>
1: I understand. Oh yes, I, believe me, I I really do understand on that basis. And you know, there are people that, that pretend to want to bring the truth out there on their shows and all this stuff. I hear. They literally hide it. I will tell this to your audience that um, last August, you know, we're going through quarters of a year or whatever, I was brought to uh, Colorado by George Norrie's uh, connection to TV, Gaia TV. Right. I George's show about 18 times. Well, actually on coast to coast with, through a number of hosts. And that was the first time he had interviewed me live. And for the TV show, they're showing films and photos of Myers. And his eyes are bugging out. You know, oh my gosh, look at that. Nobody's got that. And then he starts talking about the prophecies and the predictions. Oh, this is incredible. Billy Mybert. And so that to the, that show has never aired. I'll just put it right there. Why hasn't that show aired? It never aired. That's interesting. Oh, well, it is and it isn't. You see, Gaia TV, I don't know what George's or his producer's role in not getting it out are, but I can tell you this. I've tried to contact Gaia TV on six occasions with no response about it. They are big promoters of a couple of charlatans and hucksters named uh, Corey Good and David Wilcock, who, of course, oh, has yes. zero evidence for any of their crimes. Right. And so they make their buck in the UFO world off of these two, uh, you know, clowns uh, with their tall tails, you know. You can take stuff that's real. You can anybody can take accurate astronomical information or even some historical information, whatever, and then you weave your lie around it. So, you know, the blue avians and the reptilians are not no no none of that's going on. You've got the mainly crazy human beings of Earth who are doing all this to ourselves, and you want people to be worrying about you know reptoids and draconians and all the other non-existing entities for which there is zero evidence.
0: I'm I'm glad you're bringing that up now because throughout history, as you know, many people out there have made extraordinary claims. However, many lack extraordinary evidence. And one of those men, his name is Simon Parks. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's some sort of prominent um, government official out there in the UK. And he had claimed that he had some sort of sexual relationship with an entity he called the cat queen. <laughs>
1: of course. That's right. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes. Government service can do funny things to you, I guess. I, I just I, I just looked it up over time. Talk- now another clown, obvious clown, who has no evidence. It's just like, of course he doesn't. But, they, you know, there are a lot of people that are psychopathic and they come forward To do their little tap dance and, you know, get their spotlight on them and sell their stuff or whatever. But they can't put anything on the table. They cannot withstand the rigor of, you know, examination and questioning. And I'm all for that in science. I actually, I've said the scientifically oriented people because that is, you know, it's a, that saying about extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Yes. I really say you know what honestly extraordinary claims only require the scientific method applied because when we when we think about it Galileo's claims were extraordinary for yeah, the time that's true extraordinary, right? so if we just apply any claim and I said this to you know why bother being a skeptic well extraordinary I say, so take the claim if you think it's got any Merit as as an object or subject of examination and subjected to the scientific method is there evidence? What's the evidence? Does it pass? You know standard protocols that and we don't need a special category for extraordinary claims because that's that bar is going to be moving all the time historically as to what's Extraordinary, but if we just stick to hard scientific protocols we will be able to vet the truth from the nonsense the problem is that there isn't any actual verifiable extraterrestrial evidence in the entirety of the UFO community.
0: Right, and I'm glad you mentioned the psychopathic neurological liars out there because there's there's plenty out there. And going back to going back quickly to the whole UFO panel and the expos and the conferences. Um, when's the last time you've gone to one? I'm just curious to know. Well,
1: I was at this event in Los Angeles. What could he call it? Alchemy 5D event. Okay. Uh, I had been last year up in the Bay Area and the guy who promoted that event, I'd known him in LA and I hadn't seen him for a while and he had me come up to do that event. And then he, at the end of it, within a short period of time, he says, I'm going to do this event in March. And I said, well, I sure hope it's not another, you know, circus like the one you just had. Right. And I proposed to him, I said, look, why not a two-day event in the Meyer case? It's the only authentic thing. All the, the the nonsense you you bring into these places is just ridiculous. I said, I can get the, the NASA guy could come in with me. We could do two days on the Meyer case. Oh, okay, send me information. So then he said, well, no. And the next thing I knew, he had another super-duper woo-woo BS thing, and he said, I – will you will you do it i said no i don't like that never mind he said look this is a really cheap guy that manages to get these venues that cost literally tens of thousands of dollars and he doesn't want to pay anybody to come and and present so people you know a lot of people are hungry for that in the u.s not hungry for it but he said to me i tell you what i'll pay for two nights for your hotel room and i said i'll tell you what just we'll transfer that money to my airline ticket I've got family in LA. I'll stay there and I'll come in because you're gonna fly me into LA. I'm gonna have a nice time yeah. there and I'll do your event. So that was the last one. I think it was in March or something of this year. And so I made two presentations, a you know, a lecture, then a workshop kind of lecture, and then I was on two panels about the UFO thing. I mean
0: Right. And let me let me just stop you there. And did you learn anything new at any of these panels, Michael? <laughs> Nobody could learn anything new. Well, that's my point. That's my whole point. I don't understand why people spend so much goddamn money on things that we already know.
1: And and most of what we know from those events, listen, Roswell happened. And there have been other crashes. That's fine. We understand. But there's nothing that anybody has in the way of remaining evidence for Roswell. And all of the other stuff that they babble about with their draconians, reptilians, and so-called alien abductions, which aren't occurring, it's all secret military when there really is an abduction, and most of it's, you know, just hallucination, but that being said, when those, all that stuff is old news, and so they they crank it up, and then you have more and more people claiming that they are experiencers, that is abductees, or they are contactees and I sit on the panel with them and I say, well, where's your evidence? They don't want to talk to me and it's fine because it's like being in an insane asylum. And fortunately, some people I knew on the nights and days I was presenting came to this thing and I could see their lovely little faces sitting in the audience and I knew I I wasn't completely surrounded by lunatics. But, you know, I did that and I thought, well, maybe we'll reach some more people and and uh, I, one of the reasons too was this guy Sean Stone was supposed to be there. He has, he's the son of Oliver Stone. And right. You know, mm-hmm. but he, uh, he backed out of, of, of attending or presenting there. So I thought, oh, well, that's great. What am I going to do with, you know, a bunch of UFO nuts? I was hoping to, you know, see this guy here because maybe he'll, you know, have the courage now. I send them information I've sent so many people information in the Meyer case, you'd really be astounded. And almost to a person they don't even respond. And that includes even people like Alex Jones
0: who's By the way, let me let me just quickly stop you there one moment. The whole conference and expo thing is fun, however, when you meet people that you've only heard of, but you've always been curious to meet those um those speakers. And it's it is fun to interact with those folks, no doubt. But of course, I'm talking about the amount of money that one spends just to attend such events is kind of kind of ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it doesn't end up in the pockets of the people that are presenting for the most part, unless they get something that will be a big
0: draw. And that's what I'm going to talk about in the second half of this program, actually. Just that what you mentioned just there.
1: (laughs) Oh yes.
0: Oh yes. Oh yes. Lots of charities out there you give money to, and of course that money never even reaches that charity that's, whatsoever.
1: That's right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: one thing I always say, Michael, is it's not against the law to profit off of others' ignorance, ignorance at all.
1: Uh, no, that's why there's so many people oh, in yes. that uh, field. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you. But you uh, know, I mean, I think a lot of people know now, it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, it's pathetic. Well, they,
0: they need lots of people out there are kind of prevalent until someone smartens them up
1: yes yes and then if they want to know if they are interested in knowing and and struggling things they do but we are just in these very very interesting times michael where you know what are you going to do if you're not focused on and getting truth in your life, you're being led around in, in a bad circle, just like all these poor kids that put rings in their nose, which is a way of stating that they equate themselves with, you know, cows or something. I mean, really, it's reflected in very funny ways. Well, that's very true.
0: Now, Michael, what do you say about the allegations that Mr. Billy Meyer is somehow operating some sort of religious cult?
1: Well, I, I don't think people understand even what they're talking about. As I say, I've been there 18 times and mm-hmm. 18 years or whatever. Um, cults by definition are, well, they operate a certain way. They solicit. They, uh, they go knock on doors. They try to recruit people. They do demand obedience to a central figure. That doesn't work in the Meyer case because they have a democratic nonprofit organization in which Meyer has one vote, like everybody else. So that doesn't. And the people that claim that there's some cult, they've never been there. They don't even tell you how or why that's a cult unless they repeat some already long dismissed utter nonsense about it. Uh, you know, again, I am somebody and I know many, many other people from around the world who come there. We've worked together. We've gone to some meetings, had, you know. Barbecue and gone home and all. What's the, where's the cult? Where is the, uh, where's the, what's the belief system? What are people told they must believe? It's very important for a cult. You can't have a cult without enforcing beliefs, without, uh, soliciting, without recruiting, without uh, doing, you know, money. Most cults have you give everything to the cult. Now, Anybody in the world can view this information, interact, write b- absolutely for free. If you want to participate as what they call a passive member, meaning a person living outside of Switzerland who wants to have a closer alliance with this core group of people, not most people never meet Meyer. He's not a social butterfly, but oh, if they want it. that, mm-hmm. they can join. And there are specific dues. What are the dues? 7% of one month's income if you want to be a member. That's our fee for it. We require, the only other thing we require, if you want to join, here's our gig, come here for three days, work with the people, attend a a meeting once a year, or pay a fee towards that if if you don't want to come. Other than that, that's it. Well, he's trying to get people. No, it's voluntary, and it's a small number of people, still relatively worldwide. Can Can I go to Switzerland and see all this stuff myself without paying? Of course. You write them and you say, hey, I want to visit your center. I want to see these photographs and these books, and I want to walk around this property and see where Billy photographed UFOs. What are you going to charge me? The answer is nothing, but we we just have to arrange the time so we have people here to meet you and greet you. So... These people know absolutely nothing, and you see them on the forums, and you see them in their vitriol, angry that Billy Meyer is a cult leader with 15 women in and out of his bed. You know, you go, gee whiz, what's wrong with people? And that is, I mean, they are impervious. They are immune to this for another reason. They operate under a very strict Swiss financial law. The so Swiss are kind of like the bankers of the world on one level. There's also you know, bankers of the world in, in Hong Kong and Germany and other places, but Swiss Switzerland is known. It's big banking, and for better or for worse, the banks hold a lot of money over there for nice people and shady people alike. They could not have a true nonprofit status if they were running some kind of a cult. You know, they just wouldn't pass muster. Yes. Their books are open, and every year at the meeting, I've been there, as I said, 17, 18 times, they put them up on the screen and they hand out the sheet showing, here are the monies that came to us through this, through that, through the books, da, da da. Here are the monies we spent, and at the end of the year, we have zeroed out on all of this stuff. Here it is. Books are open. So people are worried about that. Are they worried about that? Do they want to look into Hillary Clinton's real you know, thing? They 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 want to know about it. no, okay, they want to look into Donald Trump's finances. Well, He's, you know, he's an obvious high roller who doesn't hide that. He may not show his tax returns, but we, we miss the point. You can have for free whatever of value is in the buyer case.
0: Understood. I'm, I'm glad I brought that up because I, lots to, of confusion.
1: To, oh gosh.
0: It's a, yeah, it's, it's always good to go over that.
1: Yeah.
0: Let, let people know. So I could actually myself go out there and visit, and visit the farm.
1: Of course. You just give them. Uh, you know, you say, I am planning on being in Switzerland on these dates or something or other. Mm-hmm. I would like to come and visit and, you know, all this stuff. They say, okay, let us get back to you. We have to arrange for people to know that you're coming so we can accommodate you and greet you and, you know, be hospitable towards you. And, and that's what they do. And they've been doing it, I don't know, 30 years or more, whatever. So sure, it's not a secret. It's not a, It's not a cult. It's not a compound where, you know, people are lurking about and spying on you. If you come from an, it's just different. And if you want to stay longer, they say, okay, well, if, if you want to stay longer than the allotted time for the visit, then help us here, do what people do, come to the garden and help pull weeds or come over here. We're re-graveling a road or whatever. And then, yes, and you, then you can have dinner with us and all the rest. And that has been going on for decades.
0: By the way, Billy Meyer only has one arm. Yes. A lot of people don't know that.
1: Yeah, well, it's true. And of course, when you try to point out that all of this evidence, all of this information, all, most of the most important stuff pre-computer era presented by this one-armed man, then they want to tell you, well, it's no big deal. Anybody you know, it's kind of like no matter what, you have an answer, but you can't belly up to the bar and do anything even remotely comparable except criticize. That, you know, this know-it-all is, is pretty sad, really. It's it's a sad thing.
0: Do you think some of that comes from perhaps maybe you have not given any respect for other UFO cases out there, Michael?
1: It, well, you know, maybe. Do
0: you think, that where, I, you think that where it stems from?
1: I don't think it stems from that. I think what it, it – here's the thing, when, and that's a really good point. Cause,
0: yeah, because, Michael, <laughs> you you got to take for consideration that other people out there in ufology – they definitely will go and look up other, other people, other speakers out there and they will rip their material.
1: Yeah. Well, here's, I've the, seen uh, it. I've seen it. You know, this is so I, my problem has been this. I've always been interested in space stuff. And then, you know, when it became UFO stuff. So I didn't only look at the Meyer case in the course of my pursuits, I looked into Roswell. I okay, I'll give it to you better than this. It's about 1957. I'm standing in the foyer of the building that I went to high school. With for first and second year, mm-hmm. it was a private high school in Chicago, really strange school. We, we left that one, but it, it, it was a private high school, and a kid came up to me. I knew there i't not real well, but we were talking and he said, "You know my dad t- his dad he told me, was in the air Force. My dad told me that there was a crashed flying saucer, and they took it to an air force base in ohio i 'll never forget that The kid was standing to my left." It was like, that just went in my consciousness. That was 1957. I didn't hear otherwise about Roswell till what? 80s or 90s? Late mm. 80s? Yeah. And I remembered as soon as I started hearing about it, oh yeah, this kid told me his dad was telling him about Roswell. So I looked into the Roswell stuff. I actually wrote a song for a film on Roswell.
0: Did you I, really?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, um, the, the song, uh, I'm going to actually yeah, I'm going to prove it to you in a second. While, while I look it up, I'm going to uh, continue on this thing about other UFO cases. Nice. Have there been other, you know, um, what do you call it, UFO cases? Well, it would be nice if we could define what that means. But the answer is, of course. What, what does that? What it means is that there have been crashes. There have been sightings of other craft and on rare occasions some of it has been extraterrestrial like the crash at roswell those weren't extraterrestrials those were their androids those were the androids that were discovered there they've never taken possession of it like an extraterrestrial human being and all that stuff so i looked into that i've heard of other things but all these so-called ufo experts are giving you rehashed third-hand Information. So the fact that I don't uh, respect Stanton Friedman being such a naysayer and a profiteer because he also knows the Meyer case is real, he wanted in on the investigation. And Wendell Stevens and his team said no. All this evidence is going to be examined in legitimate laboratories such as through JPL, NASA, you know, uh, IBM and stuff. We're not involving people in the UFO field because we don't want it contaminated. It'll be rough enough for us. So he then turned against the case, and I debated him twice on a radio show called The X Zone. Both times he knew nothing. He, he, he was ridiculous. There was a listener's poll at the end of the show, and he got 2% of the vote. I got 98%. I got to hear that. It's on the x He probably has the archives, hmm. Rob McConnell. It was so pathetic. Wow. And I don't dislike Stan. He's a nice old guy, Grandpa sure. Stan, hey. Yeah. but a shill. So I mentioned to you, okay, there's a film called Roswell put out by Paul Davids, and I'll just give you a few of these verses so you'll know how this went. Okay. I, said, I think I did this in 95 or something. And so it says, it was the start of the greatest cover up in history when a rancher named Mac Brazzle found some wreckage and debris. The stuff was so unusual that the army had to see. Major Jesse Marcel thought it wasn't from these parts. And when the plot to cover, and when they plot to cover up, it's then the rumors start. The ship's skin was thin as foil, strong as steel. It's a fact couldn't cut scar break or bend it, couldn't dent it with an axe. Inside it were these I-beams with some real strange encryptions, just like hieroglyphics or stuff written by Egyptians. Flying saucers been reported all across the 48, but who thought they'd hit the ground like a crumpled license plate? When the Army realized just exactly what they found, they packed it up on great big trucks and quarantined the ground. So they sent it to Wright-Patterson the Air Force base of choice. A little while later, and our government changed its voice. Were the Army's press for at least percent, a flying disc had crashed. Now it's just a weather balloon that ended up all smashed. Whoa, whole thing sort of blew over Till a few short decades later. Story got to interest UFO investigators. Witnesses came forward swearing aliens arrived on the distant summer night. They said some died and some survived. It was rumored they had big heads and four fingers on each hand. Kind of looked more like a child than they did a grown-up man. The locals, they'd been threatened not to ever say a word. Scared that they'd be ridiculed and made to look absurd. Despite the passing years, government stories pretty rusty. Hot air about balloons sent up to spy down on the Ruskies. Throw in some crash test dummies to explain the alien guys. They must be the only ones b- still believing their own lies. Flying saucers has been reported all across the 48. But who thought they'd hit the ground like a crumpled license plate? Our government reassures us nothing's happened secretly. So, my friends, no more loose ends. Is everybody happy? Crash test dummies. Crash test dummies. They must think we're only crash test dummies. So that was the ballad of Roswell.
0: Yeah. Wow. You know,
1: uh, I would
0: have to say if that's not P.T. Barnum, then I don't know what is. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that's people. The second been... song I, wrote. I wrote another UFO song, I mean, I think it was 1986 <laughs> or 7 with a friend of mine about a spaceship on the White House lawn. You know, they're all tongue in cheek things because I did New Age comedy for 12 years.
0: Not bad. And yeah. Pretty good, Michael.
1: That was a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of fertilizer
0: out there. You got to send me some of your early music.
1: Oh, I will. It's even up on CD Baby. The New Age uh, comedy stuff is up on CD. I'll send you the links. You got to play that. Yeah, I'll have to play that during the end of the show. Oh, you would be my guest. There's yeah, that'd be cool. Stuff.
0: Yeah, just send me the links um sure. through email and I'll definitely play that.
1: You're on. Going to do it. Nice. Do it.
0: Very cool. Yes. So going back again once again, back to these conferences. Is there any chance that we might see you at one? Well, or is I don't that, want to say or is yeah. that gone? That that well, that's over.
1: Well, I'm gonna tell you this. Uh I'm just I'm gonna say little bits about this, and that is that one of the things I'm gonna tie this all together, believe it or not. So, you know that in the Meyer case, perhaps I don't know if you know, that they accused Meyer of using a photograph of a dancer from the Dean Martin show.
0: Did they? I was, I was thinking you were going to bring up the pterodactyl photo.
1: No, no, that, that was another manipulation. What happened was there was a bunch of what were called the space photos and Meyer was not particularly good about looking at his own photos. He took mm-hmm. photos, he published them, threw them in a shoebox. So the photos on, certainly for the space trip got intercepted and a lot of manipulations photos inserted so that they could debunk him and and attack his character. Uh, there's a controversy called the Asket and Nira photographs, where two extraterrestrial women, he claims he took photograph of them in a ship, their faces. And then it was later shown that there was an uncanny similarity to two dancers on the Dean Martin show. And one of the dancers is named Michelle de La Fave. So everybody said, well, Meyer just photograph that off of a TV screen. Which actually was impossible and didn't happen. This was a manipulation that appears to be, have been done when his photos were sent to a lab and it was, we have a whole page up online showing actually <laughs> those photos and this woman, Michelle de la Fave. You can see the difference, but you can see where the manipulation was done for the similarity. So here's a couple interesting parts about it. It was in 1975 that they told Meyer first, that there were a couple of lookalikes in America for Ascot and and Meyer said, oh, I, I want to see that, you know, blah, 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 blah. I get all excited. And they said, no, for certain reasons, we're not going to go into that at this time. The play Aaron already knew, I think, that in a few years' time, Billy was going to be accused of this fraud. Well, I will tell you this, which is not known broadly at this time. Uh, a month and change ago, I arranged through a request for this woman, Michelle de la Fave to do something she wanted, which was to meet Billy, who doesn't meet with any longer, but who made an exception for Michelle and her friend to come over because Michelle, as I talked to her on the phone and she says, you know, I I know Billy's an honest man and all this stuff and his work is amazing. And because of the strange connection with my photo that was, you know, Mickey Mouse didn't hear. I've always wanted to meet him. And so I conveyed it to them and and he said, yes, I'll meet with her. And so the poor skeptics that try to attack the case on that basis don't know that the woman who's in a sense at the heart of this whole thing. Yes. Understands that Meyer didn't do that. And it was, you know, whatever hoaxing was done was done to Meyer, unfortunately. But the other part of that whole thing is that it wasn't possible. It was literally not possible. And the photographs that came about show the absence of the artifacts that would have occurred had Billy Meyer been photographing or filming off of the TV screen. There is absolutely zero record that it was broadcast even where he lived at any time that he even verifiably had a TV. But there's people have gone to a lot of trouble to try to... uh you know, defame him, attack him, kill him, kill his character, whatever you want to call it. So that whole thing, it just got, there's so much involved in, in this Meyer case. It's it's pretty stunning.
0: Yeah, it really is. And one thing I've always kind of thought was very interesting with the evidence was Billy Meyer, who had known information about Jupiter that no one else had known about during the time.
1: Oh, boy. One of my favorites because
0: oh I love I, it yeah
1: I accidentally discovered that it, it was published as a material. See what people have to understand is Meyer hardly 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 ever pointed to his own evidence to show things that people would then discover on their own years later. So just short of twenty years after that information, and I you know I'll flesh it out for people. I was reading through the contact reports. Again, and I saw the information on Jupiter IO, and then I did some research and I found out that he had published that before we discovered it. I even called a professor, Joseph Viverka at Cornell University, who was involved in the um, original JPL uh, NASA Voyager mission and told him that a friend of mine in Switzerland published this information before really sent it to me. I sent him the information, I called him the next week. And he said to me, well, if he wrote that then, all I can say is he's right. And then I tried to ask the guy another question. He hung up on me. They, they can't handle it. So some skeptics a few years back go into this famous library in Salt Lake City, which I I don't know, Whitmore or something, like that, And they try to search all the news records because they want to prove that Billy actually, uh, you know, post-dated that material despite the fact that Wendell Stevens, in a published book, had already said he was carrying that information back from Switzerland, uh, three days before it was already in his possession, you know, months before too, but he was bringing it back to America three days before NASA made their announcement about wow. what the probe it just discovered.
0: Yes. These,
1: these guys are trying to nail Meyer and what they end up doing is corroborating that Meyer published it before NASA JPL. Now you'd think that scientists would be trampling all over each other, beating a path to his proverbial door. They don't want to know. They are the experts. Don't disturb us with the facts. We're supposed to be the ones to find extraterrestrial life. We're we're going to search for you, dummies, if they want to find you. Don't you think they know where to find you? Oh, no, we're SETI and we're this and we're that. So this is what Americans have allowed to have happen. It's pretty, pretty pathetic, more so than in other countries where – you know, they're not uh, even concerned so much with that. But here, oh, we have our experts, so we pay the great price for it, which is literally the destruction of the country, and uh you have a nice pay.
0: <laughs> yep, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Yep. That's the way it goes. And, Michael, we are coming close to the end of the interview here, and now I'm sad how time quickly rose on by.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. we didn't get anybody to attack us. I know
0: we we really didn't. They're, they're probably afraid.
1: Well.
0: Well, well I, am, can, I am very uh, triggered tonight, so I think they know that I will have no mercy on any soul. <laughs> By the way, I must mention, this is a classic UFO case that many people out there are completely familiar with. One I remember reading when I was just knee-high to a grasshopper. Uh,
1: yeah. yep. yeah. Less than little grasshoppers.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Michael, go ahead and perhaps plug away your website or any new work that is on the horizon.
1: Sure. Well, I will say that there is going to be uh, the last I heard. That's why I'm not announcing details. But this fall there will be an event in on the East Coast in a major city for presentation of the Meyer case, and I will publicize that. You know, at the appropriate time, uh, when all details are, you know, affirmed, affirmed up. Um that's one thing. I have a blog and website. My website is theyfly.com. My blog is theyflyblog.com. And, uh, people are certainly invited to come there. If somebody orders a DVD and they mention you, Michael, or they mention your show, all they have to do, order a DVD, mention your name or your show, I'll throw in another free DVD. That's about as much promoting I do on selling stuff. Um, you know, if people, are if they're interested, we have between the blog and the website literally hundreds of pages of documentation, articles, evidence, discussion, prophecies, predictions, you name it, and that's all free. People I might just-
0: have to uh, set up an affiliate page there just for you, Michael.
1: Ooh, I'd love it. I thank you. Well, you know, and also when you have the show, uh, in archive format, just I always link to the shows and, and, uh, put them up on the homepage and then put them up in the archives. So, uh, you know, people can, can listen to it. And that just also reaches people all over the world too. No doubt. So yeah, I'm happy about that.
0: Yeah, I'll do that. And definitely I'll touch base with you again in the near future. And thank you so much for being here always. A pleasure and honor to speak to you, sir.
1: It's mine, Michael, and I thank you for being somebody who not only is interested but will put forward the the questions that you know are on people's minds, the critiques or the uh, you know the, the challenges, to things. And though the skeptics will always feel, oh, you didn't challenge them enough about this or that, there's nothing I won't answer to the best of my ability. Emails, blogs, interviews like yours. So thank you for the the, the forum to do it this way.
0: No problem. That's why I respect you tremendously.
1: Well, thank you. Feelings mutual.
0: Nice. I'll talk to you very soon, Michael.
1: We will. All right. Take care. Good night, Michael.
0: Good night. And that was my guest, Michael Horn. And before I go on a break, please go to michaeldeacon.com for any episodes you might have missed or maybe you didn't even know existed. And, of course, the show is on iTunes. Just search Michael Deacon, and that's it. Not very hard. Go to iTunes and search Michael Deacon. Great guest. I love talking to Michael Horn here tonight. Looking at the time, we're going to go on a little break now. Something a bit different when I return. For those who are sensitive, I advise you not to listen to this program beyond the break. I'll be introducing something very new. Something phenomenal. The Unpopular Opinion Hour We'll commence. Don't miss it. Stay tuned. Whole world
2: coming to an end, Mal. I see angels, Mickey.
0: They're coming down for us from heaven.
1: And I see you riding a big
0: red horse and, you're and welcome back to the program often imitated, never duplicated. Hi, always so nice to see so many of you out there still locked in. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Oh yes, now, before I begin, let me remind you that this next segment may not be for you. if you are easily offended. It is not wise to listen beyond this point. Thank you for understanding. Glad to have gotten that out of the way. Let's continue. Is everyone out the room yet? I'll wait. Are we good? Is everyone gone? Okay. And now for your listening pleasure, the unpopular opinion hour segment. Here we go. Having an unpopular opinion or belief can be very severe for a lot of people out there. Some folks out there have stopped listening to this show. Because of my lack of support for either the left or the right. I have no dog in the fight. I know plenty of people out there listening in right now. Yes, you listening. I know right now there are some of you out there who have lost friends because of your political ideology. How many of you lost friends because of the last election? Mm -hmm. Freedom of speech is a beautiful thing. I'm a huge advocate. It certainly lets me know who I'm dealing with. Now, someone will be joining me here now to get the party started. And I believe she's here now. Laura, is that you? It's me. How's it going?
2: Hi, it's going well. How are you?
0: I can't complain. How are you feeling tonight?
2: Uh, as you would say, I'm feeling a bit triggered.
0: Good. I'm glad you are.
2: What okay. are we talking about?
0: Well, I thought I could get the party started here and say... I think you could either hang back or riff along with me if you want, or you could just stand back and let me do my thing. But I thought I would slowly start off here and gradually work my way into waters that will definitely trigger and defend those listening.
2: Let's go. I'm ready
0: cool i you know I hate when I'm in line and some bozo is too close to me in line
2: (laughs) i've seen that
0: that is by far one of the most annoying things i have ever seen in my life i get triggered beyond belief nobody wants to be able to be that close enough where i can literally smell you
2: when somebody enters your auric egg
0: yes uh, please keep arms distance away from me jesus (laughs) christ Is it, is it that rude of me, folks, to want, to not want to be that close in proximity to some stranger, a potential menace?
2: Yeah, I know.
0: Literally, if I, I I don't want to be next to you, especially if you smell that way.
2: Yeah, you know, I've noticed that at the gym lately, people don't shower and the machines are really close together, but, um. People don't shower? No, I've noticed that at the gym. Please, guys. If you're going to the gym, you're gonna be you know around a lot of other people so i i I would suggest a shower so what is it about standing in line and and people being they too get close. close to you they what, literally what
0: you... get too close to me I don't like that yeah. I could literally how
2: does that, how does that feel? Feel,
0: I could literally feel them breathing down my neck yeah. almost it's just it's horrible
2: what do you usually do when that happens?
0: I sometimes turn sideways mm-hmm uh, I do that quite often actually mm-hmm. I don't like giving my back to anyone. (laughs) I usually press my back up against the wall Mm -hmm. in those type of situations. I just don't like people being behind me. I don't know if that comes from jujitsu after doing it for about 10 years now, almost 11
2: in, and in restaurants you don't like to sit with your back toward the door either. I noticed.
0: I don't like to do any of that. I don't like to, I, I don't like, I don't like feeling that way. I feel very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So I don't give my back up to nobody. I, I'm serious. I I hate that. I don't want to be uh, close to anyone, especially if you smell bad.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: By the way, does that is that rude of me to say?
2: Are you asking me? I don't think that's rude at all. It bothers me too. So
0: I was gonna say I don't really care if it bothers others. It's the unpopular opinion hour, so I really don't care. And another thing here is Facebook. Most Americans out there use it. I, I just wanted to mention this. I don't understand why I bother to have a personal account when I don't really use it for any other purpose than to promote this program. Mm-hmm. If I want to talk to anyone, I'll just reach out for my phone. Um, my Facebook account has quite a few of my personal friends. And when I say that, I mean friends, um, quote-unquote friends. And remar- re- this is remarkable here i 've known a lot of these folks for years, however i don 't actually see them i don 't write them notes or cards or letters i don 't see them on christmas i don 't i don 't do any of that shit i don 't see their children for the most part i 've never even met some of their goddamn kids. And these are people that i 've known for fucking ten years, and they 've never once asked me to meet the fucking kids i 'm not sure if they even know that I even feel this way, but regardless, I would have declined the offer. And I know they probably don't know that because I don't show this um quote unquote cynical side of myself here very often and i I I don't write like I said, I don't write any of these people notes or letters or any of that, and these people have kids I've never met, and I've known these people for such a long time yet they're there on my Facebook page. why I've never I've never asked that question out loud. Strangers have introduced me to their kids. For whatever reason, before some of, some of these people I've known for years, I, I wonder why they are even there. These people are not actually my friends. We are just names on computer screens now. Mm-hmm. And there are people listening who are complete strangers who have said far more helpful, helpful things in my life than people I've known for over 10 years now.
2: They're there on Facebook idealizing their children. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Parenting is a religion. Yeah, I noticed that Facebook really affecting people's behaviors as well. Lots of folks out there see their friends and they see what they're doing. Men and women are easily influenced, as you know. Social media is a haven for lonely men and women, bored husbands who hate their wives. Christian mingles still exist. So does farmers only. My God. Who goes to these things? I, I wonder. Is that you out there? Someone out there listening? Is that you? You go to FarmersOnly, ChristianMingle.com. Is that you? Oh, my. <laughs> I can almost feel the heat coming off of uh my headphones here. I know some of you are very angry because you don't actually agree with what I'm saying, and that's fine. Mm. You have the right to be offended. Again, These people that are on Facebook, I'm not exactly sure why I have them there. The tribe I run with now is fairly small, but it's a tribe that I trust. I'm not sure if you understand that part. However, these are folks that I've known for such a long time, yet I don't actually speak to them in in actuality. Like I said, just words on a keyboard. Words on a keyboard. That's all I, I, they are.
2: Can I, can I chime Go in? Go ahead. Here? I, Go ahead. I, I have a problem with people who have relationships that are just online and they've never actually met. I, I, I don't understand that. I, I, I just don't. I don't, I don't know how, how you can know somebody without meeting them. I don't know how you can claim to be friends with somebody when you've never, maybe I'm just old fashioned when you've never actually Spent time with them in the flesh and looked them in the eye and you know, shaken their hand and shared a meal with them. I I don't see how you can really connect with somebody. It's sort of just in your head if you're just doing it through your phone or or on your computer screen. It's it's not really real to me.
0: It's not real. Yeah. It really isn't. And I look at most people as a potential menace. As cynical as that sounds, it's kind of true.
2: I'm looking here actually for these notes that I had sent you when um you did notes. I went, Well I went to remember I went to that lecture here in Chicago. Oh that's back right. In mm-hmm. December it was uh Polly Young Eisenrath, and she talked about um how parents are idealizing their children and how they need to stop that
0: and Oh that's I'm, right, I remember.
2: Yeah, I can't find it. I'm looking through here. Um
0: That's another yeah, thing. It's yes,
2: annoying as hell.
0: Yes, I, I know many many folks out there who are married and they just aren't happy. They're just not happy at all.
2: Yeah, but to be fair, there's a lot of people that are not married and they're unhappy as well.
0: That's but, true. Lots of lonely but, men, lots of lonely women out there. Well, sure.
2: That that reminds me of what you were talking about last weekend with your guest about how the American dream is killing us.
0: The American dream is killing us. Yeah. I totally believe so. And not having kids is another thing that bothers lots of folks out there and I talked mm-hmm. about this time and time again. I don't feel like I need a child. I don't feel obligated to have a child. This world is such an ugly place. I really don't feel like bringing in another life into all this mess. Let's yeah, not forget. You know, uh, can, oh, go ahead. Can I
2: just Yeah, sure. can I just say that um next week I'm interviewing James Hollis and um you're going to be in on that with me and I had remembered that something he said to me when I, I went to see him back in, um, I think it was 2013 in Dallas. And he was talking about, um, he was talking about children for some reason. I can't remember why. And I mentioned to him that I chose not to have children. And I was very surprised at his reaction. He just, without even thinking, he just said to me, you know, I wish more people would make that decision. And I just was stunned you know, that that he said that to me. Um, and so a, I want to talk to you about sword. that next week.
0: That's a double-edged sword. And lots of folks will have their varying opinions on this. It's one that causes quite the commotion. Lots of people get upset once they realize you don't want kids and you don't like their kids. And it's pretty much a game over at that point.
2: Well, then the other part of that is that why aren't, People understanding that what's right for them might not be right for somebody else.
0: Exactly. You know,
2: it's not right for me. It's my personal choice. It's kind of like religion. It's right. How, how can you mm-hmm. judge somebody for their beliefs? And people their... do.
0: And people do. Yeah. If, if you don't have a child in some people's eyes, that's it. Your opinion yeah. doesn't really matter to them.
2: I, I don't get that.
0: I don't get that either. I, I always thought that was preposterous.
2: Yeah, well, I'm helping save the planet by not having children.
0: There's a bunch of kids out there who need parents. They need to be adopted. Lots of kids out there without anything. Nothing wrong with adopting a child if that's what you really want to do.
2: I just saw the Madonna. I didn't know this. She adopted uh twins. Did she? From Africa. Yeah, so she has. So she's teal- trying to be
0: like um, Angelina, Angelina yeah. Jolie. She's going that route.
2: Yeah, I think she has, um, she has two biological children and then she had adopted two, a boy and a girl from Africa separately. And now she has twins. So that makes six. Yeah. Hmm.
0: She's well, that's, getting close. Yeah. That's interesting.
2: Closing in on Angelina there. Uh, yeah, I can't find these notes, but, um, that's okay. It was pretty intense, uh, and about she was telling people just basically stop it. Stop idealizing your children.
0: Um, yeah, that, that's a good, that's a good um, perspective to have.
2: What else do we want to talk about?
0: Well, I also wanted to mention I, I don't believe in giving money to certain charities out there. And for example, when the NFL started implementing all of the pink jerseys and gear for the American Cancer Society, I had a feeling that, that this was used to bring in more female viewers, just like the Super Bowl was mm-hmm. designed to bring in a certain demographic and um, females were Basically the, the main objective here. And that money doesn't always go where it's intended. Everyone knows that. How is buying anything that is going to be effective enough to fight cancer? Their website <gasps> claims that a hundred percent of the NFL's proceeds go to the ACS. However, the that? that, that's the American, oh, the American cancer, cancer
2: Society. Correct.
0: Yeah. And I just, I don't believe any of that. <laughs> I don't, I think that's horseshit.
2: You know, when I was working with Bill Belichick, he, this was before he met his, uh, his girlfriend. He refused to wear the ribbon. Reminds me of that Seinfeld episode. He refused to wear the pink ribbon, um, during, I don't know if it was one game in October that, that everybody was wearing it or if it was all the whole month of October, but he was the only NFL head coach that wouldn't wear the pink ribbon. And, um, be, because he, I don't want to speak for him, but, he was, you know, in line with what you're saying, I think, from what I understand. Um, but he he buckled and, and he succumbed and now he wears the ribbon. But uh,
0: well, that happens. People are yeah, easily he persuaded. Was,
2: there, it, well, yeah, there were articles written about how and why he wouldn't wear the ribbon. So we, we're not allowed to have our own opinion. We're not allowed to do what's right for us. We have to go along with the crowd. I mean, isn't that why wars are started?
0: I mean, it's, it's horrible. But,
2: di- differences in religion and by the way, upset.
0: Laura, yeah. I, I forgot to mention, oh. uh, you went on a certain trip mm-hmm. not long ago. Can we mention that quickly here? Yeah. So you went to Germany. hmm What was that experience like for you?
2: Um, I I love Germany. I it's clean, it's neat, the food is great. Um, people are very serious though.
0: Guten Morgen. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Scootin' Morgan. Um, but one of the things that I did when I was there is I finally got to visit this castle. Um, it's called Vevelsburg Castle. It's in the northern part of, um, of Germany and
0: I always thought it was Woosberg.
2: Yeah. They pronounce the letter WV.
0: Ah, Wusberg.
2: Vevelsburg. Ah, Webels-
0: t- oh, okay. Yeah. Now I'm trying to learn German. It's very
2: difficult, but anyway, I'll oh, shut up. This- this place has a really dark history and it was actually William Henry told me about it and he's like, you know, you've, you've got to visit this castle and, um, it's in the shape of a triangle. It's three towers that are connected by three massive walls. And, you know, I've been trying to make sense of it. I, I try to do some research about it before I went and then I try to make sense of it when I got home and I just can't.
0: How did you feel inside the middle of the world?
2: Um, uh, I didn't, I wasn't really feeling much of anything. You know, I'm just, I'm looking again at Zena's picture. Zena's the daughter of Anton LaVey and she I tried to
0: contact her.
2: Yeah, I guess she's not online, but she mm-hmm. has people that- Right. That, yeah. She, you know, so she was the Church of Satan's High Priestess and she's broken from that. And I think what's really interesting about her is that she helps people that, um, were Affected by, say, their parents being in the Church of Satan, um, being raised that way. Um, she and her husband now help people that that um, have been traumatized by that, and she doesn't want to be associated with her dad in any way.
0: Yeah, I understand.
2: She says that yeah, it was a it was a scam or not a scam. That's not the word she used, but it was a pseudo religion, something like that. Anyway,
0: Michael Aquino wrote about a ritual he did there. Yeah. The Hall of the Dead to summon the powers of darkness where he invoked Nazi, uh, Chief, SS Chief, uh, Himmler, I believe. This was a black magic ceremony during the Third Reich and uh, Michael was there.
2: But I want to know 80s, why he went there. Why did he, cause this place is not easy to get well, to. Well, he to. wanted
0: to summon the powers of darkness. What's well, there to explain?
2: Why go there? What's there? That's well, what I was trying to figure out.
0: The middle of the world.
2: Do you know that it's ha- houses? Well, now it houses the largest youth hostel in Germany. Well, I didn't know so that youth hostel there. They have kids' birthday parties there in the side building with the museum dedicated to the terror of the SS because there was a concentration camp there in the village, right? Um, and the prisoners there helped rebuild the castle and and build all the things that the Nazis wanted, like. The black sun that I posted a picture of that's in the floor there, but, yeah. um, it's, it's kind of this idyllic little town. It's cute. It's quaint. Um, there's a big herb garden. There's a cafe and we had cake and, and then you're saying that Aquino was, you know, summoning what severed heads and, and they, they were to. There's a lot of strange to, things. Yes. Yeah. I was reading that Himmler wanted to recreate. The Knights of the Round Table, yeah. and that they would bring in these severed heads and get them to talk. And
0: I, <sighs> yeah, there's some strange rituals. One I remembered uh, long ago. I remember talking about this. There's some sort of ritual where a freshly severed head would be used, mm. and it would be used to summon some sort of planet. Planet? Yeah, a planet. As weird as that sounds, I, I had remembered reading this in some weird. I don't know if I read it in a book or I read it in some strange website in the dark corners of the interwebs. However, I recall reading about that and talking about it very briefly, uh, many, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you well, we could, you could spend hours talking about this sort of thing. It's just, it's one of those insanely fascinating subjects. Of course, anytime you talk about black magic rituals.
2: Well, I do want to mention just real quickly that there was a book written about the castle, but it's not been translated into English. It's just in German and I can't read it, but, um, it was to, it was written by two women, um, that wanted to cover all of the myths and the legends and explain just what the facts were about the castle. And yeah, but I, I can't read it. So. Yes. So I, I don't know. It was very interesting to visit. Um, there's a big swastika in the ceiling down in the crypt where, um, this, this photo of Xena that's all over the place online. I stood in that spot. Um, another part of this is, um, that she want, she went there to find out why the Grail Quest is associated with this castle. And she starts talking about what she did, but then it just sort of ends there. Um, I don't, I still don't understand what the purpose was. She came out of it feeling that the grail is not outside of you, but it's within you. So you can read about that online too. She, her part that's in that book, cause she was interviewed for the book by these two German women, her part is uh, on her blog. So yeah, I hope you can contact her and I think she would be really interesting to interview
0: very cool so you recommend everyone to visit germany if they ever get the chance
2: well i love it i it's very different from italy italy's kind of i don't know dirty and graffiti everywhere and run down i'm just talking about rome and you know crumbling historic ruins but germany is just kind of the opposite to me and the cars are really cool and everything's just the the roads are just neat and you know there are no potholes or cracks or anything anywhere and um it's just it's different it's very different it's very just like i said clean and neat and i like it
0: nice now one gentleman sent me a link to this article here and most of the times i don't necessarily read news like this so i figured i would read this here and it this is the headline check this out laura Colorado Hunter claims he was sexually assaulted by a Sasquatch.
2: Mm. Is that on the cover of the National Enquirer?
0: No, it's not. It's a World News Daily Report.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, in hidden in his mind, he probably was. So. Well,
0: know, check he, this out. Daryl Whitaker from Glenwood Springs in Colorado claims Sasquatch attacked him and attempted to rape him while he was walking in the woods. The 57-year-old man was walking to his hunting cabin on Sunday to see if it had suffered any damage during the winter. All of a sudden, a large gorilla-like creature dropped from a tree in front of him, punched him in the face, he goes. It was at least eight foot tall, and and its punches hurt like hell. I was knocked right out at the first blow. And then goes on to say, while Mr. Whitaker was trying to recover from the attack, the large humanoid creature began to tear his clothes while letting out some terrifying howls. That is pretty pretty strange. He goes on to say, when I regained consciousness, he had already torn my pants and was tearing through my underwear. I stabbed him in the shoulder with my honey knife, and that made him run away. Oh, okay. Yeah, that explains Saved everything.
2: Saved by a hunting knife. Yeah, well, I'd hmm. like to know this guy's background.
0: I would like to what, know, what's too. What's his story? Yeah, I, I I wish I had more information on this. According to the victim, the attacker measured around eight foot tall and is extremely hairy. He has brown hair, dark brown eyes, and extremely large feet.
2: Sounds kind of familiar. Hmm.
0: I wonder. Hmm. But yeah, that's, um, that was reported not very long ago. Some Bigfoot news for you folks out there, and I know some people really like Bigfoot, but I don't know. I think I'm getting close to not really believing in a Bigfoot now, the same way I don't really believe in a Loch Ness Monster now. What's, your, B- what's your take on that, by the way? I don't think I've ever had this conversation with you before, Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. I We've never talked about that.
2: I don't know enough about Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. I have had conversations with the monks that I hung around with for several years, the Tibetan Buddhist monks that tour the United States with the Mystical Arts of Tibet tour. I spent a lot of time with them, and a lot of them flee Tibet by walking on foot into India. And I actually asked them once because I had heard that the Yeti were – um they had these scalps of Yetis in these uh, monasteries, you know, in the Himalayas. And I asked them, and these are, you know, scholarly, serious, very dedicated monks. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe that they had any reason to lie to me. And they said yes, that Yetis very real, and some of them had seen them, and it was just sort of part of their culture. It wasn't any big deal. It was just sort of part of, yeah, they, they exist. So is a Yeti similar to a Bigfoot or is it something completely different? I don't even know.
0: About the same, mostly the same, just different region.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I'm on board with, but Bigfoot, I don't know. I gotta say, I don't know.
0: Loch Ness Monster, you're out? No. You're in.
2: I, I think I'm in because there's And you and I have talked about this before. There's so much going on beneath, on the ocean floor, in the sea. What is that in the Loch Ness Monster? I don't don't even know what body of water that is. So I I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out.
0: That's in Scotland. It's a
2: whole other world down there. There are creatures that we still haven't even discovered, from what I understand. I agree. Um, So I just,
0: I'm just not sure about the actual location. Of the Loch Ness monster in Scotland, where those incredible photographs were taken of it. I'm sure you've seen those very prolific photographs. Me? Yeah, they, yeah they've been around forever. Everywhere. Yeah,
2: they've been around forever. Yeah.
0: Some say it's an elephant.
2: Mm, no, I'm looking at it right now. I don't think it's an elephant.
0: Some people have made those, you know, those claims that it's an elephant or some sort of eel.
2: Yeah, e- but you know, mm-hmm. this is something else that I w- I want to talk to Hollis about is. Um, these things that people claim to see and they claim to see them in, it's sort of like a group delusion, right? So what's underneath that? Where's that coming from? If it's not real, what are people seeing? Just like with UFOs? I don't know. Yeah. If, If there's no physical evidence of UFOs, of aliens, of monsters, then what, what else could it be if it's not physical, if it's not existing in the physical dimension,
0: Right. And by the way, I I know you were listening to the earlier part of this program when I had mentioned um, people have been making claims of having these sexual encounters with aliens and, you know, stories of gods and uh, demons and fairies and angels, all all these sort of myths or uh, some people don't think these are myths. Some people think these are actual entities and you know, we've heard these stories of gods coming down to earth and mating with, with women, uh, to, to do this or that or the other. And of course, there are those out there who have claimed to have made love to an alien like that Simon Parks guy. And, uh, another, another name I always mention is, um, Pamela Stonebrook, another, another woman, a professional jazz singer. Who claims to have had a number of erotic encounters with a shape shifting alien reptile? Um, what exactly do you think is going on there?
2: I have no idea, and I would love to know because me too. I what,
0: what's going on with these Listening to people?
2: the same to the same shows and interviews that you did, you know, listening to these people talk to Art Bell, and I, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting, it's fascinating, but I don't know what's going on. I'm with you yeah I don't know that we're ever gonna to get to the bottom of it. I don't know if it's an individual thing that it just seems be- like
0: there's so many stories of people having these sexual encounters with extraterrestrials it's it's quite it's quite crazy
2: mm-hmm.
0: in their minds it's probably happening
2: again. is there evidence i I don't know. I don't know what, what sort of evidence do they have?
0: There's different stories um I believe some have claimed to have gotten pregnant and then of course they lose the child remarkably
2: mm-hmm.
0: i'm sure you've heard of, of
2: uh, yeah there's a lot of those stories yeah. out there
0: so it's all really strange right
2: no but again like you were saying with michael horn is and you know you and i experience this at conferences are we really hearing anything new
0: well that's the thing we're we're not
2: with th- these stories get rehashed but where are the conclusions? And, I mean, and are, are the experiences changing or people seem to be having the same experiences? I'm not hearing any new stories.
0: I haven't heard a new story in a long time, and that's why I brought up the fact to Michael that we don't exactly hear of anything new at all. Mm-hmm. That's why I said, what did you learn at the conference? And, of course, he said absolutely nothing, in other words. Yeah, so that's why I just, I don't see why anybody would pay such, uh, su- such a great sum of money to do certain things with with these people. What do you mean? Uh, well, for example, Greer. I believe We're gonna go he- to
2: Greer. I, I, I gotta say, I, I do give the guy some credit. He does have credibility. I've listened to lots of interviews with him. With him and he, again, like I was saying about the monks, he, I, I just don't see why he would have any reason to make this up. He. Is you don't a remember doctor. when he
0: brought up the little alien body? You I, I do.
2: I remember that.
0: Well, that was bullshit.
2: Well, how do you know that was bullshit?
0: It looked. It looked so fake.
2: Right, I know, but we can't just go by what it looked like. We have to go by once again the evidence, and so. Well, I haven't physically seen it.
0: I haven't physically seen it. Myself, but I, I just, I think it's nonsense.
2: Well, it was examined and it was, a, it was shown to have human DNA and something else. And this something else was not known.
0: Where is that at, by the way? Is that somewhere listed? I'd like to see that.
2: The attic. I don't know how to pronounce it. It starts with an A. Um, I think that I heard him talk about this on the unexplained with Howard Hughes. And it was in his movie called *Serious*. That's what that movie was all about.
0: Again, nothing new. The same old bullshit that we hear time and time again. He yeah, we He featured don't know what it Paul is. Hellier, which I brought on before here, and it was nothing new. It was the same stuff that we always hear. Yeah. I don't exactly, I don't get it. Why?
2: Yeah, it's like we're not getting anywhere.
0: Well, we're not. That's why and people keep giving this guy money and I think it's ridiculous. Why keep supporting this when you could find all the information that he knows himself? You can find all of that online.
2: Well, Career's why keep wasting money? Movie,
0: the new movie is what I was just telling you about.
2: The, the new movie It's the
0: same information.
2: But the new movie, I haven't seen it, but
0: same I, old shit. I'm telling you
2: him talk about it on, on, um, Jimmy Church. It's. It's testimonies, right? So it's military personnel and people who've worked for, um, defense contractors, I think, and people who have had experiences, but here we go again, um, g- giving testimony. So
0: I don't know. I, I don't see I don't this know. credibility. I don't see it. I don't see it at I all.
2: I don't know if there's anything new there, but zero um,
0: credibility in my opinion.
2: So I still. I still want to go to Roswell this year. It's the 70th anniversary. Um,
0: oh, yeah. Norio actually invited me out there.
2: Okay. So, Love yeah. I, I, I'd like to go to Roswell once in my life. I've never been there as many times. I think times. everybody
0: wants to go out there.
2: Oh, yeah, as many times as I've been to New Mexico, I've never been to Roswell. It's way the hell out there. It's yeah. three hours from any <laughs> major airport. It's pretty far. Yeah, but... Um, There's a whole lineup of speakers. There are some of the people that you've interviewed. um,
0: I wonder if Norio will be out there, but he's kind of someone who doesn't like the whole conference thing either. Mm -hmm. He's not about that life.
2: Yeah, and I get it. Um, Me
0: too. Me too.
2: I totally get it. So Donald Schmidt, he's going to be talking there. You interviewed him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, Linda, because she's everywhere. (laughs)
0: Linda
2: (laughs) Malthouse. She's going to be there? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so funny.
2: Looking through the list of um guests, but it's, you know, it's this, it's, it's a party. It's a,
0: it's, it's a- fun to see these people that you've interacted well, that I've interviewed and you know, we've interacted with. It's cool to see those people. Sure. That's, that's not my issue. It's, it's the fact that there's nothing new. It's the same thing I hear time and time again.
2: Well, like, here's, on Thursday, Nick Redfern, okay, here's his talk, Exposed, U.S. Government's Secret Findings on Demonic UFOs. Mm. You know, really? Okay. Exposed, U.S. Government's Secret Findings on Demonic UFOs? Really? I I don't know. What's he going to talk about? What is that?
1: Same
0: old thing he always does. Oh. I don't know. I'm telling you, it's the same old thing I've always, I've always heard.
2: Travis Walton's going to be there. Great. Courtney Brown, Jesse Marcel III. I can't wait. Yeah. Stanton Friedman. Cool. I didn't know he was going to be there. He's still kicking. I'm glad he's, he's okay, actually. Yeah, that's Last great. time I
0: saw him, he didn't look too good.
2: When we saw him at Contact of, in the Desert. Yeah,
0: I was so, kind of worried.
2: Yeah. Well, he's going to be there this year. and do the gay
0: one looked good out there. <laughs> Everybody was dying. That's why I'm not going back. Shit, it was crazy out there. Everybody yeah. was dying of the heat. Everyone, but I don't, I don't mm-hmm.
2: want to live like that. There's no air conditioning. There's no food. There's cafeteria food. Everybody's walking around in flip-flops. I, I can't stand that. The, the, the ground isn't even paved. I, I don't know. It's just not my scene. Um, that's not for me. So Nick Pope is going to be there, too. Remember the guy that gave you the star? <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah. That's a good time so, right there.
2: Um. Yeah. This looks like fun.
0: Yeah, that's always a, a good time to see these people that you're familiar with. Always good to see them in the flesh. But of course, it, it's always a, a weird double-edged sword there, in my opinion. Because I don't go out there thinking I'm going to learn anything new. Hmm. However, I, I guess it's for for those out there who are are new to this sort of thing.
2: Well, there's a talk called Roswell Alien DNA, Some Reasonable Conjectures. That is hilarious. And here, Larry Holcomb, The Roswell Incident, New Voices and Unknown Stories. So now, is this people just milking this, just kind of like scraping the bottom of the barrel? Or, you know, we got to give it to them. We have to keep an open mind. Is this, is anything new coming out? I don't know.
0: I don't think so. I haven't heard anything new in a very, very long time. Mm. The newest well, things I could tell you about are, are the sightings that have been going on around here.
2: Yeah. That, tell me about that. the only I new saw, thing. I saw the photo. Tell me. Did you see anything, or did people send you things?
0: I've seen something out here months ago, and it reminded me of the Phoenix Lights incident from way back when. I saw, yeah. I saw something exactly like that, the same formation the, the lights did the whole thing in unison again mhm it was pretty remarkable and of course i wasn't the only one who saw that my, my neighbors were out and they saw it too mhm so that that was also very cool
2: but we come away from that once again not knowing what it was but
0: yeah i don't know what it is though i'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a a true ufo there is yeah. there's a naval facility here mhm so I have a feeling it was probably one of our own.
2: Is there somebody else on here?
0: No. Okay. Do you hear someone else? I do. No, there's no one here.
2: Okay, so I found my notes from Polly Young Eisendraft.
0: Oh, you she, found e, them?
2: E, Union analyst, yeah. She said, parenting has become a religion. Don't boast about your children. You're idealizing your children and your grandchildren, and this hurts others. And she said, what is everybody supposed to worship your children to? Stop the idealization. Nice. Yeah.
0: It's true though. Mm. Lots of people won't like that though. Mm. But I mean, it's it's how it goes. You know, that's that's another thing. You could have these conversations. Um, we could be talking about this, or we could be talking about some sort of quote-unquote conspiracy uh, theory, and, and someone will overhear, and, and they'll become very upset with you.
2: Well, you know, too, it's crying babies on airplanes. I, I get it that babies have to fly, but I'm sorry, but is there anywhere that's just adults only anymore? Business class, there was a crying baby in business class. What's a baby doing in business class? I'm sorry. Good
0: question, yeah.
2: Okay. Again, standing
0: um, in line, that, that's another thing. People's, <laughs> people's children running by me when I'm in line and bumping mm. into my legs Repeatedly and again, folks. I don't hate children or anything. I just don't want any. That's all. Mm-hmm. But yes, the sound of a baby crying or a child crying, oh, that's that's horrible to me.
2: On a nine-hour plane ride, I hate and that. then things like you know, like the executive lounge in in the in the hotels, mm-hmm. they let kids in there. And then yes. I think I had texted you once. I was at Starbucks, and so we have to get to Starbucks to um. There was a kid just sitting on the floor in the the middle of Starbucks.
0: We'll close up with the Starbucks talk.
2: Oh, God.
0: Yeah. So as you know, as you know very well, Starbucks introduced a very popular drink for a very short time, and now people are are trying to sue here and there. Oh, yes, Starbucks with their unicorn (laughs) frappe. The frappuccino. What's going on there?
2: Well, it was only available for five days, and I I don't know how much I'm – you want me to get into here but i have a really long history with starbucks cuz i lived i lived in seattle um i i don't want to get into it it's too long of a story but That's okay. i have a very long history with them and longtime shareholder loved the company they completely changed they used to be this cool hip coffee house you know with great coffee and now it's fucking unicorn frappuccino you know made with mango syrup and white chocolate mocha sauce and pink powder and sour blue powder and fairy dust with, you know, 400 calories and 60 grams of sugar. And it's like,
0: that's for all the cardiomyopathy victims out there.
2: there. There's something I had used to see. Oh, by the
0: way, by the way, by the way, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I see those diabolical cardiomyopathy victims all the time at Starbucks ordering these drinks that they shouldn't be drinking. Why is that?
2: Well, there's a new one now, but (laughs) I used to see something online that said, this is why you're fat. Well, there you go. Okay. This is why you're fat. And the new one, here it is. It's called the Midnight Mint Mocha Frappuccino. And on May the 4th, they were calling it the Dark Side Frappuccino. But here's my grape. Okay, is the whining, bitching, moaning and complaining by the baristas because they're so labor intensive. What a bunch of babies do your goddamn job. This is your job. Make these drinks. So there is I just found out about this. They take to Twitter to complain about how much work it is.
0: Typical go to com- go to complain on Twitter, yeah,
2: okay, so here's a tweet. No one talks about quitting work more than Starbucks baristas during a promo for Frappuccino happy hour,
0: yeah,
2: uh, uh, unbelievable. I can't <laughs> believe this, and also, <sighs> oh a uh, happy hour, prepare to die, so there's one going on happy right now. Hour. I think it ends tomorrow. Frappuccino happy hour is half price. I
0: didn't even know that existed
2: yeah it's t- it's to get people. Coming in in the afternoon because I think most of Starbucks business is in the morning and they're selling coffee and in mm-hmm. the afternoon, yeah, they they have this. Um, but it's just a promotion; it's half price. And um, so, some of the, I'm just looking at this article in Business Insider. It's it pulled some of these tweets. One of them says Starbucks is trying to kill its partners, which Starbucks calls their employees partners. First, the unicorn frappuccino and then frappuccino happy hour around the corner. Do you want everyone to die? Oh, Are you wow. fucking kidding me? You don't know how good you have it. You get to, <laughs> to work in an air-conditioned store. You get all kinds of benefits. And I think they, they even – one of the Star- Starbucks benefits is free college tuition, mm. okay, and great medical benefits. And you're complaining because you have to make several frappuccinos at a time. Bunch of babies.
0: Yeah, it's true. But, um. Lots of complaining going on, yeah.
2: Yeah, I just think that it's totally irresponsible of these people. It really is. Uh, what they're doing. Um, 410 calories, 62 grams of carbohydrates, 59 grams of sugars, 45 grams of cholesterol, and 16 grams of fat. And that's not even in the large or the venti. That's just a grande unicorn frappuccino.
0: That's kind of insane. Yeah. That's a lot of sugar.
2: So, but what it did was it. Got people talking. Look, we're talking about it. It um, generated
0: mass m- revenue.
2: Well, yeah, but aside from that, um, it was like very popular on Instagram. So there were, it said in the five days, there were 180,000 Instagram photos of the Frappuccino. It inspired hair color, nail polish, marriage proposals.
0: Marriage proposals.
2: Yeah. People were writing really? it on the cup. Oh
0: god. Um also
2: wow. people an- announcing the s- sex of their baby. That's
0: mad corny by the way.
2: Yeah. Ew. Here's another here's another tweet by a barista. We ran, We ran out of all our ingredients for the unicorn frappuccino and my manager took down the sign and I wept for joy. And here's another one. I love telling people we are out of the unicorn frappuccino. Are you kidding wow. me? Wow. I, I don't know. As as a shareholder I am offended Shouldn't
0: they be fired for doing Appalled. that?
2: Appalled, I would.
0: I would fire them too. Ridiculous. So we are coming to a close here, but I do want to mention one of the uh, biggest unpopular things to say is how you really feel about people in your life that you don't like. <laughs> now, I I don't have very many enemies in my life, however, there are a few. I have drawn a line in the sand and have sat back and watched the Diabolic, those um diabolical diabetics out there have crossed it many, many times, and one of my new life goals is to outlive those folks out there so I could dance over their graves once they pass and eventually talk about them so I don't get sued. I'm waiting. Oh, yes. That is one of my new lifelong goals. For those who are saying that's cold-blooded, well, perhaps. However, I'm not... Like many of you out there, I'm a real person. Very real, unlike most of you probably listening at home. Also, why should anyone pretend to be sad when someone passes that was a piece of shit? difference between me and you out there listening is that I'm 100% real. I am what you cannot control, and that scares most people to death. You've got the right to be offended, and no, I'm not sorry. And I that was for that. that was my final word about that. This has been another very, very popular segment of the Unpopular Opinion Hour.
2: And that's what I want to say. That's what I appreciate about you, Michael, is that um, you don't try to hide it. You think it. You feel it. You say it. You own it. You own it.
0: I say what I mean, and I mean what I say.
2: Yeah, you own it. I have to. So next time we'll talk about... The top 10 reasons why Starbucks gets sued.
0: No problem. We could do that. And I do want to thank you very, very much for being here with me. It's always an honor to, and a pleasure to share the air with you, Laura.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: For sure. Uh, go ahead and plug your website and, um, the oh, show God, coming no. up. Oh, no. Oh, no.
2: No, I don't have anything to plug except that, uh, we're interviewing James Hollis next week. James Hollis is probably the biggest, most well-known Jungian analyst in the world. And, um, I've met him on several occasions. I've attended some of his lectures. I have about, I don't know, 10 or 12 of his books and he's brilliant. So I'm going to talk to him about a lot of things like, you know, you've inspired me to do, um, things that are not popular, right? Like not, not having kids and, yeah. um, saying how you feel and not being sorry about it.
0: You shouldn't feel sorry about it at all people out there are not experiencing life through your eyes.
2: So we're, we're, Oh God, did you hear that? Sorry. I sure we're, did,
0: but that's okay. Um, oh Jesus. I'm sorry. It adds so to we're, the realness.
2: We're, we're recording that on Wednesday, May four, May 17th. And, um, and that'll be available at speakingofyoung.com.
0: Very cool. Once again, Thanks. thank you so much for being here and we'll do it again. Thanks, Michael. All right. Take care, Laura.
2: You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: And that was Laura, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, if you have any funny impersonations of myself or listeners out there, please feel free to send those in. You could either send that in at michaelendofdays at gmail.com or simply michael at michaeldeacon.com. If you have any complaints, go ahead and email the man running the program himself. I'm sure I'll fix something if you want Keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground, folks. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night everybody. (laughs) (laughs) certainly isn't part of the whole <laughs> but the top members of the I I could tell oh, I that all the mainstream media, media, media
1: outlets were giving me like bullshit. They like could just see it. clear. I because <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's crazy. I had no idea this shit existed before 776. Oh, Granny. I like Granny. I'm gonna keep it real. A lot of good content. A lot of, a lot of cool topics. You, know, you know, I feel, you know, fortunate to have an opportunity to speak
1: to you guys tonight. Uh, you, guys are, you guys are really good. Yeah, Mr. Rusev. That son of a bitch. I do I like that, man. It's the simplest shit. You go in there, you sit
0: Oh, well, the fact that you know, you I'm bringing you guys you me. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my two cents to tell you both that you have
2: one of the most incredibly well-rounded
0: shows. Twenty-two years old, still virgin. Guess what, motherfuckers?